Section 40 of The One-Eyed Griffin and Other Tales by Herbert Eskett Inman. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Humpty Dello, Chapter 5, Humpty Dello's Castle. I think we really ought now to see how poor Princess Daffodil was getting on in the wicked dwarf's castle, which he had placed deep down at the bottom of the enchanted lake. The reason Humpty Dello had done this was twofold. Firstly, he thought it would hide his prisoner better, since they would never think of looking there. And secondly, if they should find where she was, they could not get at her. In this, he was thinking mostly of giant Greedy Pig, whom he felt certain would try to steal Daffodil from him as soon as he got back, for if there was one thing more than another the giant hated, it was cold water. So much did he dislike it that he had never been known to wash his face. Humpty Dello was sure he would never muster up courage enough to come to the bottom of the lake after him, even to obtain the princess. Well, there the castle was, a great gloomy place with huge iron doors that had never a lock, key or bolt, yet which no man could open. When he wanted to get in, he would clap his hands three times and say, Open magic doors, and led me in. And the doors opened wide, saying as they did so, Oh, master, we obey, enter. Then the dwarf, again clapping his hands, would cry, Shut magic doors, and keep all safe. And the doors shut, so close that no man could undo them, saying, All is right. Shut we tight, none may pass our ward tonight. Never had Daffodil seen such a dreary place as this seemed when the dwarf put her down. Trembling and frightened, she looked round. Just one great empty room. Cruel dwarf, why have you brought me here? She sobbed. By the power of thy three gifts, said Humpty Dello with a laugh. But my gifts were not for you, and they were for the one who loves me best. And I am that one, Princess. I love you better than any other does. And I am determined you shall be my bride, he said. And that I never will, cried the Princess in sudden anger. You may have power to keep me here, but I will never be your bride. I hate you, you ugly little mannequin. Ah, screamed Humpty Dello furiously turning green with rage. Say you so, I shall have to teach you better. Yet stay, perhaps you think this too dreary a home. It is good enough for me while I am alone, but see how I make it for my love. As he ceased speaking, soft strains of most entrancing music were heard, and mingling with its cadences the harmony of many voices singing, Though the castle be so gloomy, Love can lighten, love adorn. Though the hearth be cold and dreary, Love can make it bright and warm. Love, ah, love, its mighty power, Nought can unto it compare. Mean is got becomes a palace, If but love is ruling there. Hasten, hasten, magic workers, Swiftly do our master's will. Change the castle to the palace, 
neath for Princess Daffodil. The strains died away, and a soft, warm light filled the place. But whence it came, Daffodil could not see. Down from above came arches of the purest marble, hung with curtains of cloth of gold. Up from the earth rose stately pillars to meet them, pillars carved with the most delicate tracery I ever beheld. The floor became of the most rare perfumed wood, covered with rich and costly carpets. Great vases of pure gold filled with choicest flowers appeared, and birds of gorgeous plumage darted to and fro, filling the air with their songs while in the centre of the room there came a huge shell of shimmering pearl, from which rose a fountain of purest crystal water, which shot high into the air, sparkling drops that, as they fell, became gems of priceless worth. Never had mortal seen so beautiful an abode. Behold, sweet daffodil, said the door, this is the home I offer thee, fairer than any palace of earth yet all too mean for one so lovely. But Daffodil, though bewildered at the change, and charmed with the beauty, was in no way appeased. No, no, she cried, the place is beautiful, but the owner is not. Can you change yourself? No, I can't, roared Humpty Dello in a rage, and if I could, I would not, so there. And if you could, you would still be the same. Cunning, wicked little heart, retorted Daffodil. What said your singers? Was it not that love alone could make home seem fair? And as I do not love you, you would never be beautiful to me. Humpty Dello frowned. Beware, princess, or you will rue it, he cried. I do not care. You have cheated me. And if you do not mind, I'll, I'll, I'll box your ears. And Daffodil, who, as she grew angry, grew bold, carried out her threat, and gave him a sound slap. Ha! Ha! Ho! Ho! Revenge! Humpty Dello shouted, turning a shade greener than he was before. Down sank the pillars and vases, up flew the arches, away went fountain, carpets, curtains, and birds, and the place became a dank, dark dungeon with only by one narrow high window. Water trickled down the walls and lay in oozing pools on the ground. Toads, newts, hideous hairy spiders and slimy slugs crawled hither and thither, and foul vampire bats flitted overhead. Ha! How do you like this change, proud daffodil? I have pleaded to you. Now you shall beg mercy of me. Here you stay, with only black bread to eat and water to drink, until you ask my pardon on your knees. That will be a long day off, she cried. This horrid place without you is better than a palace in your company. So leave me, or I'll box your ears again. I will leave you, and see how you like it. Ha! What is that? A sound as of a heavy splash was heard outside, then a rolling noise. The door burst open, and Daffodil nearly fainted with terror as the huge gory head of giant greedy pig came rolling in 
bellowing aloud. Oh, oh, I've found you, have I? Oh, oh, come and jump down my throat. Oh, oh, wherever is my body? Who has got my poor body? If the dwarf looked green before, he looked worse now. Giant greedy pig alive, he did not so much mind, but his magic told him some mighty spell must be at work for the head to come thus. By the power of magic spell, tell me what to you befell, he cried to the head. What to me befell, answered the head, blinking his great eyes rapidly. Anyone can see you, stupid. I have had my body cut off. Where is your body? Perhaps I can stick it on again, said the dwarf. It's cooked, roasted, ready to be dished up. Perhaps you'd like to eat it. Just step into my mouth and I'll eat you. Silence, cried Humpty Dello. Tell me who cut your head off. Who? Why, Dicky darling. Oh, I'd like to smash him. And that silly daffodil. It's all her fault. She made us quarrel. She made you leave me behind. She made Dicky darling cut off my body. And now he's coming to cut off your head. Oh, cried Humpty Dello, does he think he can win the princess from me? He does not know the power of the charms. Pooh, there's no power in them, sneered the head. Daffodil gave them to the one who loved her best, and that is not you. I love Daffodil more than you, and he loves her more than I do, so your old charms are no good. But he does not know where I keep them, said the wizard, rather anxiously. Oh, yes, he does, laughed the head. Oh, yes, he does, because I told him. You just wait a bit. He is coming here to settle you. He is just here. Just wait a bit. Ho, ho, ho. The last ho was cut short by the dwarf striking the head with his staff. By my magic spell, vanish, he cried. Go back and be cooked with your body. With a dismal yell, the head rolled away, and the dwarf, turning furiously, seized the princess. You need not hope, he cried. No human being can harm me as he did that great stupid. Mine you are, and mine you shall be, in spite of all the world. Ho, oh, he is come. Now to use my magic skill. As he spoke, a loud bugle blast sounded without, and Humpty Dello, waving his staff, cried, Magic castle, fly away to Cornwall. And away it went. And what happened next, we must read in the next chapter. End of section 40